You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University Canada West. Bringing you fantastic stories for accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community. Hello, Dave. Kieran. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good today. So tell me, who is going to be our, our guest today? Glory, don't you remember Dan? Dan from Drift Escape that we talked about augmented reality and we talked about tourism and the use of that element of bringing them, those two pieces together. My question is, and I still struggle with this question, and I think, you know, hopefully Dan's going to be able to answer this for us for today, but is augmented reality actually possible for businesses? Can they actually bring that technology into their businesses to actually have customers experience it? I don't know. And I think Dan can answer that question for us today. I think that it's a lot of challenges, but let's bring Dan back and see that, how he can help understand about augmented reality. Let's welcome back Dan Bronovo, founder and CEO of Drift Escape, to another episode of Innovation Fuel. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Innovation Fuel brought to you by University Canada West. Dan is back with us again. If you don't remember Dan, Dan was talking to us about augmented reality tourism and the relationship between the both. And we talked about some of these things around uh, gamification of how do we create those experiences for people as they're touring different places in a different way using an application. But we left off in that question. One of the challenges we said we started to kind of wrestle with, and I think a lot of businesses are wrestling with this, and I wanted to bring Dan's expertise back on this, is augmented reality. What is augmented reality? What is the future of augmented reality? And how can your business benefit from it? Dan, tell us a little bit more about augmented reality and the benefits of augmented reality. What we've experienced in our product line is we have added augmented reality into our jurisdiction product. And because we work directly with tourism customers who support businesses, we've gotten to see this direct impact. I think it's a great opportunity for businesses to think of augmented reality as a unique new way to attract visitors, to come to their businesses, to come to their geographies that otherwise wouldn't be available. You know, even 10 years ago, phones weren't powerful enough to really do this. And yet everybody's got a phone in their pocket that can do this. People are looking for unique experiences. As a tourist, our demands are so much higher than they were 10, 15 years ago. Signing up by email for a visitor's guide or having it shipped in the mail, that doesn't cut it. That's not going to make someone get in their car, get on a plane and go visit somewhere. But if you can say, why don't you download this app? Try some of these really cool, fun games and experiences within the app that let you explore our region. Or when you're here, why don't you take your kids on a virtual augmented reality Easter egg hunt. Now you've got someone's attention. They're going to spend time downloading that app, looking in, learning about that region, going, yeah, this is cool. We should do this next year with our kids or with our friends or something like that. So it's a way to get people's attention in a world that's where it's getting harder and harder and harder to get people's attention and the demand is very hot. I want to clarify something because some people get confused. Augmented reality and virtual reality. So... I want to just try to clear up the elements of what the difference is of augmented reality and virtual reality. Augmented reality is augmenting something around you in your reality. And you're using a typically a mobile device to do that element. 
Some people have heard of the Pokemon thing. Pokemon Go, I think, is the first iteration of people, hey, I can go chase Pokemons with my phone. But virtual reality is the full immersion. Like you're actually putting on a full headset and you're immersing into another world completely. They are apples and oranges. I I wish the two acronyms weren't so close because you're absolutely right, Dave. People confuse the two. They are not in any technical sense um, a migration from one to the other. You know, I have PhD friends who are experts in augmented reality and a couple other people I know who are experts in VR, totally different things, totally different experience from the user point of view and different objectives. Can both be used for tourism? Yes. Can both be used to help promote businesses? Absolutely. But they are unique and different experiences. There's a lot of focus right now on virtual reality with the metaverse from Facebook and other companies. Not that that's new. It's been around for a while. But both are important in my point of view. And it can be used in very different ways to support tourism and businesses. That's great. But I want to know about the challenges of someone who are producing the software of augmented reality. So I think that it's standard as something that is a universal kind of language for softwares. I think it's kind of lacking in augmented reality. Is it something that you're facing as well? It's easy to say, gosh, you know, businesses should use augmented reality to attract others to their stores. It's very easy to say that. It's much harder to deliver that in a practical sense to an everyday brick and mortar store. Sure, you can paint some rosy picture of, oh, imagine someone can walk in my store and show the phone and little things pop up, you know, and shows them the price or this is a sale or gives them a big video or a virtual salesperson shows up in the corner can guide them. That's all great and dandy. It's not easy to do that in practice. It's not like there's a cheap, affordable platform out there. By comparison, it's like it's cheap and affordable, say, if you want to do search engine optimization and put an ad on Google for your business. Trivial experience, a bazillion consultants you can hire that will probably already flood your email box every day with uh, offers to do so. This is not so easy at all. And that's one reason why with our own company with Driftscape, we've worked very hard to make augmented reality practical in our product for our businesses and for our our customers, which are primarily uh, organizations, tourism organizations supporting businesses, to make it very practical for them to envision it and to be able to do offers, what we can do already for our customers. So I think there's a lot of technology catch up still going on with augmented reality. We'll still see a lot more coming for at least AR and VR in the future, although VR is a whole different animal when it comes to businesses and what's right. So does a lot of that also, Dan, play into the accessibility of the network? Like we talk about like the network element that's going on right now in Canada, for example, is the transition from the 4G network to 5G network and that element of having faster up upload speeds. Does that Will that affect or will that open up more opportunities? I guess it depends what they want to do. I would say we will probably find that more of an obstacle for VR, where there is going to be more need for cloud transfer. At least the way we implement AR in our product line, it actually is very localized to the phone. The content, the information, yes, it comes from the cloud, obviously. But once it's on the phone, you're just on the phone. I think intelligent design and proper software approaches in the AR world can get around this. Um, to a degree, not completely. The fact is, is got to go back to the cloud um, to get some information. Uh, I think a lot more can be done creatively without depending on 5G in the AR space. VR, yeah, that's pretty complicated. You know, can a full download of a full VR environment that's maybe 20, 30 gig come down on your phone and then live local? 
yeah, there's going to be a lot more cloud-based communication going on. You might need that super high bandwidth. But we haven't found that with AR yet. How do we make AR more accessible to businesses? Where businesses need to go to start looking at the future? Because we know experience, engagement is the big sort of next evolution of if we're moving away from third-party cookies, we're moving away from the different way we're engaging with customers. How do we start building our business models to try and reflect on these new technologies? Yeah, it's certainly hard. To be honest, I'm not sure the market is ready yet for a traditional brick and mortar business, maybe a larger business bank that wants to do some cute toy more for sponsorship and marketing, and they want to have a great AR toy. Really, it's more about marketing their business and just having an experience that's unrelated. There's just not a lot of tools. I mean, yes, my product has augmented reality. And yes, a business can definitely see a sprite in our augmented reality world. But the reality is, once you click on that, the user experience is more about the story outside of AR mode itself. You can have great quests and games, but I would be lying if I said, you know, that's the be all and end all of an AR experience for a business. I think there's a lot of maturity to go into the marketplace. And what will happen is there'll be a lot of really cool ideas like, hey, this is the platform where you, where you can scan all the items on your shop floor and they show up in AR and the prices. It's like, yeah, you might get a couple people to buy that. And then that company will flame out and realize, no, you're not actually solving a pain point yet. Maybe it's like the internet itself. So it has to evolve to the point where there's a platform protocols and so on that defines what AR can be and built on top of before we can get to the point that a business, that it's as easy as building, say, a website. And even that, a lot of businesses still struggle with just even keeping a good current website. So if that's hard, you think that any old business can just add AR? I think we're still going to see a lot of technology growth in this space. And certainly in my own company, we consider ourselves only having dipped a toe in the water of the AR space. You know, we hear stories of Facebook and Google and all these organizations that they're looking at new tools, they're bringing back these glasses, bringing back these pieces. With the tools, if the tools were newer tools, would that make it more accessible? Google Glass, yeah. And then North, which was here in Waterloo, which was then struggled, of course, and then was bought by Google. And believe me, I have a lot of friends and I, I now work at Google who worked at North. So it's very interesting watching this evolution over the last 10 years. I remember using North's first classes, Google's first classes. So recently in a Google conference, they showed a very particular use of their internal prototype Google Glass team. I don't think they call it that anymore, but it was just during a presentation, just for a show, they showed how some of the cool things they can use and do with it but it's not a product. You will notice there is no product anymore out there, not, not even from Apple, okay? Is every one of these companies working on AR augmented visionware and maybe other things? Absolutely. Does anyone believe after what North went through that total failure to deliver an actual product that anyone wanted or could use and that the market wasn't ready? Yeah, it's cautious. I'm old enough that I remember the beginnings of mobile computing, going back to the Newton, Penpoint, and, and I worked on some of those mobile platforms that all failed in the night. And it wasn't until the, to the knots, 2000s, that Palm was the very first company to ever make any headway in a consumer sense. I think that's the same space we're in and we're maybe that far away from it. I've seen really cool vision stuff. I tried and played with things that I'm like, well, that's really cool. But would I wear these all the time? No, not yet. Will we get there in one year, two year, three years? It's kind of like self-driving cars reaching level four automation. You know, we've been promised that for how long? Okay, we have some really cool stuff. I love what 
Tesla does, it's amazing, but it's not what we were promised. And I think there'll be a lot more caution. Having said that, the day that these glasses can actually have overlays and stuff in them and it works and I want to have that on my face all the time, it's coming. Three years? Is it five years? The fact that an amazing company like Google continues to play in this and is not announcing a product. So that speaks a lot to me. One more thing that has always come to my mind about augmented reality is the possibility of physical harm. You know, it's when you are have adding a digital component to your reality, that you can distract you from reality. <laughs> and I think this is a part of the, do, are you facing some of this one or not? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, before we added our augmented reality mode, Pokemon Go was around. And believe me, we were watching that very, very closely from Niamtech when they released it. And we were concerned because you heard all these stories of people running out into streets to chase Pokemons and getting hit by cars and so on. I think that really helped educate us. We have the benefit that our content is not generated by public sources. A user can't upload a point of interest in Driftscape. Our customers do. And even we work very closely with them. Yes, it's their content. They own it, even in our product. But we help them. We have a customer onboarding team, customer success team. And so we work with them. And so when our customers create quests, we help them guide that content because they don't know how to create them. And in so, so, for example, all of our quests so far have been created in parks or public spaces, not near streets. We, we, we are very, very careful to guide users. If they have to cross the street, we make sure that when they reach that next stop, it's like, okay, you know, go over here, cross the street, put your, put your phone down. Don't use it while you're doing that. And so we have the benefit of a curated content platform where we can help make sure that that lunacy doesn't happen. I think Pokemon Go, because it's mostly automated content, automated Pokemons that show up in just random places with a little bit of heuristic code behind the scenes, they fell into that trap. So we're very conscious of it, and the way that we get around it is because it's a curated content. Where's Drift's Escape going with VR? Are you starting to explore some VR with this whole metaverse and the whole Mark Zuckerberg announcement about the metaverse? (laughs) What I'll say about VR is it has the venture capital market terribly frothy. I mean, that is how they work. They get all frothy about an idea of shiny new film squirrel. And here's a company that has shown its ability to be very product focused, sax focused, tourism focused, and dip into AR and be mobile experts. Okay, there's obviously going to be a connection between those. And so I respect that. And I'm always happy to talk to people with money who want to invest it. I love building products. I'm not going to have a big argument. If uh, someone wants to throw a ridiculous amount of money to build something big, it's not going to come from Canada. We don't do that. It just, I give up on this community, the venture capital community making those kind of big pitches. It doesn't happen. Even if you look at North, it was Intel from the US that made their last round. Are we having conversations with people with money who are seeing Zuckerberg and Facebook's lovely you know, declaration of, oh, forget everything about Cambridge Analytica and all their mistakes, all their social media footballs. We don't do that anymore, even though we do that. That's how we pay all our bills. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that. For someone of my age, though, it's hilarious looking at these lovely demos that Mark did and saying, that's not even one-tenth of the way that Second Life achieved more than 10 years ago. Like, didn't I see this already? <laughs> and aren't you just going to monetize people's eyeballs again? Like, have you learned any lessons? I don't see any evidence of that. So I'm not interested in monetizing eyeballs. If somebody tells, if an investor tells me, Dan, you're going to monetize eyeballs, that's how we're going to pay all the bills. We'd be like, great, find someone else to do that. I'm just personally not reached a point in my life. I want to make money that way. 
You know, I want to wake up feeling good in the morning. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to feel like that. I think we've seen enough Facebook executives feel bad in the morning. They get up in front of Congress to actually say, you know what? I really feel bad about this. I don't want to be that person. And I won't be. I don't need to make choices like that. Having said that, there's nothing wrong with VR. It's good. It's a cool thing. I think the world will end up there someday. And I'm excited to see that. And I would be very excited to participate in it. Will Driftscape participate in it? I don't know. It could happen. The quality of AR and talents. Do you have any problem to find talents, especially in programmer, that they have enough knowledge to create good quality or user experience people that they know how to design digital elements? I don't know how to say it. I mean, do you have any problem on finding talents? It's a particularly good question when you look at a high-tech center like Waterloo Region, where you have Googles and lots of other big companies, you know, vacuuming talent. So yes, the simple answer is yes, it's hard. It's really hard. Specifically for mobile app development, focusing on their AR toolkit, as Apple calls it, Android, it's a different thing. Not so much in the sense that because it's shiny, cool code, it, from a developer perspective, it's pretty cool writing that kind of code, having done so myself. A lot of developers would be very excited to work on that kind of thing. No doubt about it. They'd be very excited. And so you can get them pretty excited on that. And it's one way to attract talent is to give them big, shiny new sandboxes to play in. In my own company, when we started, we wrestled with this as well. How do I attract talent? I have developers working for me, a small number. The solution in our company is, the advice I give most people looking to start a tech company is, one of your founders has to be technical, very technical. If you don't have a technical founder, don't even start. And what that lets you do is, is the technical founder can write code or participate at the most intimate level to ensure progress at a technical level. I fit that bill. Not every tech startup can start that way. It's usually not technical founders. They just have the idea. The problem is engineering is so hard to hire people, so expensive. It often just kills your company. And it's one thing hiring an, an engineer who say, has that experience in a particular depth thing like AR. It's another one if they actually know how to build a product or can be product focused or, or very revenue focused. So my solution is I'm just going to have a very small number of trusted developers work for me that I've known forever and try to push off hiring full fine bodies on a constant basis into engineering as long as I can. It's painful. It's hard. But you're absolutely right. It's a challenge. And, and trying to compete with salaries you can't anymore. It's really hard to compete. So you have to find different bases to attract talent. The cool idea, startup idea, shares. Dan, this has been so enlightening. Opening our eyes to the world of augmented reality and some of the challenges we face, and even thinking about what VR could possibly be. I love the conversation. And I think you opened up, and I don't know where you want to take this, but we like to, of course, throw a challenge out there, a macro, a micro challenge, and maybe it comes off of this AR thing that you're talking about. But do you have a challenge that you can share with our audience? I'd be very curious with the bright students and, and people that you reach with the show to say, what do you think augmented reality in particular can do in the tourism world? beyond the simple thing, you know, people might have very unique ideas um, about how it can be used in ways that 
and we haven't because this is really blue ocean stuff right it's it's new i haven't thought deeply enough about it i am very i sometimes a little bit too product focused and i'd love to see a little bit more creative thinking you can get lost built in the inside of your company and not think more broadly so my challenge is what do consumers or people who are thinking about the tourism side think would be a really cool product concept or an experience that would make them want to go visit a place no one's going to go buy a pair of jeans with a VR headset on. I just don't get it. If people want to think about that problem, they can, but they're likely to think of something that I might go, yeah, that's not practical. I could be wrong. Somebody could tell me some great VR idea. I know the last time I tried a VR set, I was at a show, putting it on, and, and the, the person's going, oh, all our staff, what they love to do is watch movies together in VR. So they're literally sitting in a virtual room on a chair, obviously, and on the screen in the room is a movie. And I asked him afterwards, like, that's a pitch, right? You don't actually do that, right? You can't sit for two and a half hours watching a movie. It's like, that's bull. And it's the same questions I have about VR for business. Depends on the business. Okay, real estate agent, you want to do a VR tour from your house of a home in Vancouver, and I'm here in Toronto? Get it? Totally get it. Makes sense to me. Are there applications for tourism that make... 100% said, I don't know, AR for sure. But I'm curious, see what people think. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dave. That was another episode of Innovation Fuel. Thank you for listening to Innovation Fuel. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovationfuel. Also, follow us on Instagram at innovation underscore fuel.